Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti. And I'm Stephen Asma. Join us on the Chinwag Podcast every Wednesday where we trade the banal and the boring for the super strange and bizarre. They committed human sacrifice? I did bring up human sacrifice, yes. You sure did. <laughs> that just went by fast. Kind of casually tossed that out. I would like to have an alien uh, hatchet young inside. Holy shit, really? She saw world peace and I saw demons coming out of the wall. I will say that there was a green couch outside of the principal's office and you sat on it if you had lice or if you got into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> they wake you up from the goo pods. To live in reality and you're naked and screaming it's like <laughs> follow us for free on apple podcasts and all major podcast platforms for more information go to chinwagpod.fm and find enlightenment through our instagram or tiktok at chinwagpod or on twitter at chinwag underscore pod R Slash is a hilarious podcast where Dabney Bailey uses ridiculous voices and emotions to read aloud the week's craziest Reddit posts. He reenacts various Reddit threads covering wild stories and secrets, petty revenge, relationships, and much more. So if you're looking for a daily distraction and a laugh, check out R Slash wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's going on, boys and girls? Well, energy. Energy coming out of me right now. Yeah, coming off a vacation and you all rested up. You saw a movie that you love. A movie that I like. Yeah. Yeah. Now on the rewatch, I realize this is one of those movies that I've always consumed like parts that I like. Right. right, And watch it start to finish, and like I I can see why. (laughs) At first, like y'all, wow, that movie's funny. Then I realized, no, parts of it are funny. Lines are funny. Scenes are funny. Overall, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, this is the first time I'd watched it all the way through. I'd only seen probably three scenes of the movie, and uh, and man, that is uh, that was quite the endeavor by the Wayans brothers. You know, it took seven people to write that movie. Uh, yeah, the story was Keenan, Sean, and Marlon, but then the writers they had, yeah, I guess, they had to punch some people up. Yeah, they had to punch the shit out of that you know Uh, you know you know hold on let me close my door but in the meanwhile you guys know what that movie is right you know it's a reboot right a reboot of some like it hot starring oh yeah yeah no i by the way i realized it the first time i ever saw the movie oh did you yeah because it's it's there's too many parts that are just exactly like some like it hot the only difference is in some like it hot they're running from the mob um, well, I guess we could get this into this with the. Yeah, it's interesting. I was thinking about this earlier when I was listening to Levitard show from yesterday talking about the Irishman trailer. Is that I don't feel like the mob is a thing anymore in terms of like movie tropes. Like it's it's like we're not really making mob movies anymore, but like mafia mob movies. Mob because the mob ain't as powerful as it used to be, man. Right? Yeah, yeah. but it's just, it's just kind of interesting. Like we had like 
decades of that. And now, like, if you make a if you make a mafia movie, like, it just feels old. Like, it already feels old. Was there anything that's more recent than The Sopranos? Like, other than like Gotti? No, and it got to be contemporary. Yeah, but th- right? that's not a period piece. Like, oh, Gotti. it's not a period piece. Oh man. Yeah, I guess The Sopranos would be it. Or uh, analyze this. It's like the exact same time as the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Analyze that. <laughs> right. Is it possible that the mafia went down with the advent of cell phones? Uh, no, the, the mafia went down. The 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 person who gets credit for the demise of the modern of the mafia was is uh is a, the Gambino family. It's Gotti. It's yeah. Sammy the Bull. All that like. Like Sammy the Bull was like, yeah, I'll talk. And we're like, what? What happened to Omerta and all that shit? And because Gotti, Gotti broke all the rules by a taking out uh, Paulie Castellano, who was a made guy, and he just did it like in the middle of broad daylight or whatever. And then Gotti further broke the rules by like being all up in the videos and on the papers and like, yeah, I'm the mob boss. Like, where it was like supposed to be a secret. So. Yeah. Now he wanted the spotlight. What a what an amazing! I, just, I want I want to be in the I want to be in the uh, the room where they named the sequel to analyze this analyze that. Oh, I, I believe it was the last thing they came up with. <laughs> right? Like, come on, what are we gonna say? Analyze this too? No, you know what I like? Oh, this is what I really love when Hollywood has a room full of people rack their brains night and day to come up with a witty sequel name. And then you go to the movie theater, and they're like, "Fuck it, it's just called Analyze This Too." Let's not be kidding. <laughs> right? so when you go in like to the, the Showtime right. shit, they just Analyze This Too, uh, like, uh, like Scream Two, well, like whatever you know, whatever the movie sequel is, they don't call it like it wasn't Too Fast, Too Furious. It's like Fast and Furious Two. Like let's <laughs> let's not, no, don't be cute with me. I'm gonna Tokyo Drift Fast Three. Like that's yeah. it. And then they did do Fast Five, because Four was just Fast and Furious. Yeah. No those in there. Oh, but, but it still just said Fast Four on, on right, when yeah. you went to the <laughs> Like, fuck you and your cutesy little names. We know. But they switched it up for Seven when they did Furious Seven, you know, and then Fate of the Furious. I uh, know, but but whatever it would say with Fate of the Furious. Oh, oh on the thing it says F8, cute. yeah. It says Fast 8, like, I'm not fucking around, like, oh, we're not here for your cute names, says the movie theater owner. The people just want to know, it's the new Fast and Furious, here it goes. It should just put that up there. It's the new Fast and Furious, dummy. Buy a ticket. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm here holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking yeah, all <laughs> the movies you're afraid to admit you love i'm zach harper joined by amin Hassan, anthony mays pushing buttons on the show uh this week on cinephobe it's the 2004 comedy white chicks starring sean wayans and marlon wayans uh it's directed and, by keenan ivory wayans and uh, hold, hold on what? we got this cast look this cast put people on the map right first Did of it? all terry cruz terry cruz it was his big break 
That was his big break. Some people might say Friday after next. Some people might say, oh, he was in training day. He was uncredited in training day. And Friday after next was more of a niche film. This had, a, I think, a wider release than Friday after next. Yes. Um, and obviously he stole the show because in the other movies he just played, well, like the Friday after next character was kind of funny, a guy who was fresh out of jail, but still kind of a very hood trope. And this was a very different character, showed a different side of Terry Crews that the world did not know. And by the way, you know who else is in this movie? Who? Busy Phillips. Yes. That's right. I wouldn't, say this, I wouldn't say this put Busy Phillips on the map. I'd never heard of her or seen her until this movie. Freaks what? and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks, man. Oh, that show that was on for two weeks yeah, or whatever. Yeah, whatever. That following. That, you want to talk about something that launched a thousand careers? That was... Uh, it didn't launch any of their careers. That's the whole point. It didn't launch any of their careers. They had to go and find something else to launch their careers. And then people went back and said, oh, you know who was the, who those she guys was, were in? It was in this. She was also on Dawson's Creek for like 40 episodes. Was she? Yeah. According oh, she to IMDb. A, okay, well, this was in a time, Zach, where if you were on TV, that's all you were. You were on TV. To make the jump to the silver screen was impossible. You were the movie star or a yeah. TV star. No, it and launched your career. It, it launched your career, and then she wasn't in another major movie for five more years. <laughs> Sometimes it's a slow burn. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Busy Phillips is in this. Um, we got a couple other uh, familiar faces. Frankie Faison, uh, who's Commissioner Burrell in uh, now, The Wire. I want to talk about someone who's parlayed one role. Yeah, man, into- he is typecast. But but he's got like if you need someone to play a, an irate police chief in your Hollywood movie, yeah. there is only one name that you go to, and you only go to other names when you can't afford that name. And that name is Frankie Faison, ladies and gentlemen. And he's great at it. He really is. Awesome. Like he's good at it every time. Uh, Lachlan Monroe, who some some people may remember from Dead Man on Campus, which was one of my favorite comedies from the nineties. Which the one hilarious. was hilarious. He's Cliff. He's the crazy guy. He's like the weird, like the crazy, like uh, oh, the guy like who, frat bro who yeah, wants yeah, to yeah. like fuck everything gotcha, and everything. Yeah. Gotcha, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, who he's in Dead Man on Campus. Oh, he's yeah, he's the the panty sniffing. He's the white FBI agent. Yeah, white FBI agent, and then also uh, the guy who plays Vanderfeld or whatever. Yeah, Vanderfeld. John Hurd. Yeah. Yeah, and but he has like a drug problem, right? No, he's dead. Oh. So well, he might have had a, a drug problem that led to him dying, but he died like two years two years ago, last year, something like that. Two years ago. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, he's the That's, dad from Home Alone. Yes, yes, he is. Pretty uh, good cast. It's a, not a bad cast. And, and again, directed by Keenan Ivory Wayans, uh, written by the Wayans brothers. Um, here's the synopsis for White Chicks. Two disgraced FBI agents go way undercover in an effort to pre- protect hotel heiresses, the Wilson sisters, from a kidnapping plot. Here's the thing that surprised me. I mean, there's no tagline. All these movies have taglines. I looked. There's no tagline for this movie. It's white chicks. That's it was just need. Sean Wayans and Marlon Wayans are white chicks. That was the whole movie poster. That's a tagline. There I guess that's a, well, okay. I guess yeah. that's the tagline. Thirty-seven million dollar budget for the movie grossed seventy million in the U.S., one hundred thirteen million worldwide. So that's a that's a big hit. Yeah. yeah. Well, blockbuster. Yeah, that's extreme. <laughs> uh, before we get into the rest of this uh, movie and spoilers and all that, you can find White Chicks. It's available on Showtime if you want to stream it. Uh, uh, really, so really quick, fun fact. Uh, I told you guys before we started recording, or maybe you, you guys are going to use it anyway. Either way, this is actually a reboot of a very famous movie called Some Like It Hot that was made back in the 50s. It starred uh, Tony Curtis. It starred Marilyn Monroe. I believe that Jack was her Lemon. first. Jack Lemmon. I believe that was her first acting role. I'm not sure. Um, but it's a very similar, very, very, in some places, almost identical plot 
uh, save some small uh, differences. For instance, some like a hot. It's two musicians who are on the run from the mob because they witnessed the St. Valentine's Day massacre. Yeah. Um, in it, this case, it's two disgraced FBI agents who are trying to save their jobs. Right, exactly. Uh, it is actually the fourth to last movie she made. Oh, well, either way. Yeah. Fuck her. Um, <laughs> wow. Homewrecker. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> Something Like It Hot was the movie where she... Tried to deliver the line "Where's the bourbon?" over forty times without getting it right. Nice. That's a tough one. Bourbon's it's, a tough it's, word. It's even it's even it's even tougher when you're when you know where the bourbon is. It's inside you. Once you get past uh, like sixteen <laughs> takes, you know you're already screwed. You're you're done. Yeah, I, I'm. I just love the fact that the the studio was just so uncompromising. Like, no, she can't say booze, hooch, or any other just yeah, generic. Gotta be she has to say bourbon. I wrote this. So uh, let's get to the Rotten Tomatoes score and the reviews. Uh, White Chicks receives a 15% from critics on 123 Jesus. reviews. The audience, though, 55% on over 32 million ratings. There you go. Add, 32 like million. 30, 32 million. Oh, excuse me. Uh, 16 to 18 million people can't be wrong. <laughs> uh, maybe they can. So here's some of the reviews. Uh, and, and most of these are from the time, from 2004. Uh, I think I think all the ones I included from 2004, except for maybe one, uh, which was more recent. But uh, Amy Simmons of Time Out said most gags are as weak as they are derivative, offering little incentive to suspend one's disbelief. And as for the gender politics, well, Time out you can me. only imagine. Oh, well, well, that, that's funny that even in 2004, it was yeah, Even in 2004, they're like, I don't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely a lot of problematic parts to this movie. Uh, Rick Kasonic of Film Threat said, think Mean Girls, rewritten by Joe Piscopo. Well, that's kind of harsh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, funny. <laughs> Nick Shager of Lessons of Darkness compliments the awfulness of its protagonist's Caucasian camouflage with putrid bathroom humor, uh, pitiable romance, and brainless racial slash social commentary. Divisive, uh, I mean. You know what I hear? I hear hit dog holler. Uh, Kevin Carr of Fat Guy at the Movies. Let's forget about the clunky plot and shallow characters. Let's forget about the racist undertones of the film. Bottom line, the white chicks scare me. Seriously, they're freaky looking. They are the stuff of nightmares. They are freaky looking. I will agree with the Fat Guy at the Movies on this, although I will point out to the Fat Guy at the Movies what many white people don't realize. It is impossible for black people to be racist in this country. <laughs> Because racist implies some sort of power structure. You could be prejudiced. You can't be racist. Oh, I don't know. I mean, a lot of calls for racial undertones here. Uh, uh, Desan Thompson from the Washington Post. Okay, come on, Desan. Banshee, I'm, I'm, howling, I'm awful. Oh, Desan. Desan. Uh, Richard Roper from Ewart and Roper. Okay, it's the worst movie of the year. Oh. 2004 had a lot of bad movies. I got two positive reviews, I mean. Uh, I didn't want to kill it, because I, I know you like this movie. Uh, Brian Orndorff of FilmJerk.com. Chicks does have its moments, mostly due to scene-stealing co-star Terry Crews and the rest yes. of the supporting cast, and just enough laughs to make it worthwhile. 
Yeah, that's about fair. And then uh, Kamal, the diva, Lorciel of Three Black Chicks Reviews. Wow. Check your brain at the door and giggle your butt off. Yeah, see, there you go. Like, people's suspension of disbelief, it's a, it's clearly a ridiculous movie, man. Like, you're not supposed to be sitting here and like, well, actually, the FBI doesn't have operations in Iraq, so how could he threaten to send them? Like, don't... Uh... Don't be that guy. Yeah, I'm pro- I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I mean, and say it wasn't that line that lost the audience. I don't oh. think that's what it was. Uh, so my thoughts going into this movie, I had only seen about two or three scenes on TV over the years. I'd never seen the full thing. Which, which scenes had you seen? I had seen the bathroom scene. I had seen oh. the shopping scene, and uh-huh. I think I had seen. Uh, I think I had seen the the fight uh, when he fights the strippers. Wow. Like, which is a very short scene, but I think I'd seen that. Hold on, you've never seen the Terry Crews Marlon Wayne's date? I'd never seen it. Oh my god, it's like the best. That's literally, I, I put iconic scene in my notes. Let's get started, man. I'm too Let's excited. Do it. To talk so, about we're, we're gonna kick it off. We're in New York City. Suspicious looking delivery men walk into a, I guess it's the bodega, right? The bodega, that's what, yeah. that's what, hence the characters. Uh, and the Wayans brothers are disguised as Latin stereotypes, I put. (laughs) Marlon Wayans has maracas in his hands. (laughs) So this is what I wrote as my note. If you're not offended by LeBron Taco Tuesday, you have no right to be offended by this scene. Just throwing it out there. Uh, I just want to know, it was Bossa Nova, but uh, we did discuss the potential um, overtones of LeBron's Taco Tuesday on a recent Basketball Buds episode, but it got Bossa Nova Uh over it. All right, I'm, I'm uh, just, like it's it's funny because I, I, when I hosted the jump, it was on a, like on a Wednesday, and like he had just done the Taco Tuesday yes the day before. That was the one that Anthony Davis was at. Yeah, and we're like, hey, we're gonna put this in and make some misses. Like I'm not touching that one. You're like, why? I'm like, no, 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 no. You say that one for one. Rachel sitting in the chair. I'm not doing this one. Um, so they're just they're just kind of dancing around. Ice cream delivery guys stop them, say they want the money, all this stuff. Uh, Marlon Wayne starts singing Guantanamera. Well, the whole thing is that the delivery guys are Eastern European. Yeah, Eastern European guys. And so they're pretending that Marlon is speaking in Spanish and Sean is translating. But all Marlon is saying in Spanish is popular popular Spanish songs like Guantanamera and La Bamba. Oh, yeah, it's La Bamba. He, he sings these songs, and then Sean turns around and says, "He says he wants to know the, if the product is pure, or whatever, like what flavor the product is, and all all this stuff." Uh, turns so they, out, of course, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, they bring in they bring in the ice cream. Uh, it's actually ice cream. Uh, they reveal their FBI agents. They they fight the delivery men. Uh, I wrote fight choreography needs some work. Uh, ah, they they again, beat up like- the perps. They pull off their fake chest hair. Uh, they show everything, but. It was not drugs. It was real ice cream. And then the actual drug dealers walk in. We have a bit of a shootout. Um, they had the wrong guys. And uh, I wrote, reckless shooting by trained FBI agents as they face the street and fire no, we're wildly. Not, we're not going to do this. We're, we're, no? like, we're like, it's heat and shit, man. Like- <laughs> I might do this the rest of the show just because it's busy. <laughs> uh, the two ice cream trucks diverge in different ways as those two sets of delivery men get out of there. Uh, Wayne's brothers give up. FBI chief uh, Frankie Faison uh, chews out them, chews them out. Marlon, in a, in a underlying story tone, you know, or underlying storyline uh, comes through where Marlon, while the chief is getting chewed or is chewing them out, answers his cell phone, says, baby, I can't talk right now. 
Then the chief answers his cell phone. It's also Marlon's. Uh, Marlon's, Marlon's wife is very uh, demanding, let's say. Very demanding and not trusting. Yes, and not trusting. Not trusting. Uh, chief threatens to send them to Iraq, as you mentioned. Uh, there are, are no FBI operations in Iraq, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Marlon goes home, uh, sees there's just a small Chinese food container in by, there. That- by the way, before, before we move on, uh, we're also introduced to the other uh, oh, the set other of cops, yeah. Gomez and Harper. Uh, Harper. Yeah. Uh, and I put in my notes, I've always loved the tried and true trope of the rival police partners. Yeah, right? Whenever the, does it work the, that way? I love it every single time. Every movie I see it, when you have, like, these are our protagonists, and then there are the other guys who aren't really, like, evil or anything, but they're just kind of... Very competitive. Very, so if you think of Starsky and Hutch, Manetti, yeah. and whatever the other guy was, if you think of the other guys... Um, Damon Wayans Jr. Damon Wayans Jr., yeah, and yeah. whatever the other guy uh, Rob Riggle. If, Rob Riggle, that's right. And then I wrote, what was the first rival police partner movie? And I think it's Beverly Hills Cop. Where they, they don't get a banana stuck in the pail all the time. Why? Remember that? Was, uh, would, did Police Academy have rival cops? Or is that more hazing? That was hazing. Okay. And then by the time they got to I think Police Academy 2 or 3, there was the other guy. Remember the the oh, I can't remember his name, but they put the the glue in his shampoo, and he's shampooing his head. But he wasn't really a, a rival partner with someone else. He was like the sergeant that everyone hated. Right. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They put the glue in the shampoo, and his hands are stuck to his his hair, and he comes out all naked and stuff. Yeah, that wasn't quite the same. That was just like the hard ass. Like right. that was more like Hogan's Heroes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I guess thing. it was. It probably was Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, that's man, the man, earliest one I can you, remember. And they never miss. I've never watched. No, it's always them. good. It's it always works. It always drives the plot forward. Um, so Marlon sees he doesn't have much of a dinner there. He turns around. His girl says she's been waiting for him all night. That he's that she was worried about him. He says it's 8 p.m. What do you mean all night? Uh, she's convinced he's cheating on him because it took him eight minutes to get from the bar back home. Yeah. Well, and, first of all, and, said, and Matt said, Quest says what, says it should be what, six minutes. What took you? So, why are you out so late? And he says late, and he looks, baby, it's only eight o'clock, and then right. hand to the clock. And at that point, I think anyone watching this movie has to know. Okay, we're going to be a little ridiculous. Right. It's going to be ridiculous for fun's sake. And I was like, I laughed. I laughed. I oh, that, that, was, that, was, that was a legitimate laugh for me when he says, baby, it's 8 o'clock. What are you talking about? That's a legitimate laugh for me. Um, and then she references MapQuest, which I put throwback. Because, man, Matt, we've talked about this, I think, on an earlier pod. But, like, MapQuest used to be a big deal. Turning out MapQuest directions used to be such a futile kind of exercise, man. I mean, it was so disappointing. It was disappointing, and the pressure, the pressure to pay attention. When you're driving and you look, yes. you're, you're going through notes. It's like and if, you're going through notes, and if you had someone navigating for you by reading the notes, you're like, hey, hey, you paying attention? Right? Yeah. Like, like there was, the, yeah, like, there was some story. real, yeah, they they're, like, talking. I'm like, yo, when do I turn, motherfucker? Like, <laughs> Oh, man, what a time. He makes a joke basically about, uh, you think in the in the two minutes of of extra time I I had sex with somebody and it's kind of a joke of ah he's quick right it's a it's a it's a quick sex joke it's fine uh, as they're communicating their issues uh, he immediately starts falling asleep and they really hit this joke hard because it happens like four times in about a minute 
My note here was uh, Marlon Wayans' comedy scouting report relies heavily on a very flexible and expressive face. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. But and also, this is, this is what I will say that a lot of people don't. A lot of these jokes are recycled jokes. If you ever watched the Wayans Brothers show, if yeah. you ever watched yeah. In Living Color, if you ever watched uh, some of their other movies, Don't Be a Menace, a lot of these jokes are recycled. Like, for instance, we're going to come up to it in a second, but Marlon face against the glass. Yeah, that's, that, a, that's, that's a staple. It's a staple, yep. Um, so I, I think that's part of my issue with this movie is because I used to watch the Wayans Brothers show, and I loved it. I thought they were, and obviously in Living, Co- Living Color is like one of the most iconic shows of all time. Um, I don't feel like, I feel like they mailed it in on this movie. Uh, a lot of their movies. I mean, look, it's the the problem is here, here's a problem with Wayne's Brothers movies, right? Other than Don't Be a Menace and Mo Money, like Don't Be a, well, Mo Money. Oh, the ones earlier, I'm gonna get you sucker. I'm gonna get you sucker was like a that's a that's like a legitimate parody. Yeah, yeah. But 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 I'm saying like it it was I would say it was in the same neighborhood as as Airplane in terms of like. Yes. You understand what you are making a parody of, and you have a, a lot of attention to detail and nuance, what makes it even more funny. It's not unlike what I said the first time I saw um, B. Dot, Brandon Armstrong. Yeah. His first videos he used to do at his uncle's house in Atlanta, they were so detail driven that it was like, yo, you really pay attention, man. You're not just saying, oh, he likes to do this, da da da. And then Don't Be a Menace was successful. And they came out with Scary Movie, and Scary Movie was more inclusive in terms of a cast. It was a movie that was geared to a wide audience versus Don't Be a Menace, which is a very niche audience. Right. The attention to detail wasn't quite there, and the absurd overtook. And that Scary Movie made a shit ton of money and was a smash hit. And then after that, like, they They didn't really have to try. They mail in everything. And then that that bred the whole sequence of not another teen movie, vampires, all these other parody movies that you see that are just non sequitur jokes that aren't even funny and all that. That was all because Scary Movie was half assed and very successful. And that's why they all came out. Um, Much in the same way that now you see all these parody people like, oh, like Raptors be like. And then it's just like a guy pretending like he's quite like shooting a shot and then having a stone face. Look, I'm Kyle Leonard. There's no attention to detail. It's very low hanging fruit. It's not funny at all. Right. Yeah, I completely agree with that. So, all right, now we get into the real plot. FBI is worried about the Wilson sisters being kidnapped. Uh, This is clearly a play on the Hilton sisters. In fact, they almost called the movie The Miltons. Um, Mm. Or, or no, they almost called they almost called the family the Miltons, uh, oh, okay. because it was a play on Hilton, and they thought that was a little too on the nose. Right. Uh, but nobody wants to pick up the uh, the sisters Again, from the in in two thousand and four Paris Hilton for our younger huge which, yeah I'm oh my god right one now, of the biggest like, like everywhere now like that's what Paris Hilton was like back then yeah and Kim Kardashian was the ugly friend right her yeah. assistant yeah 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 she was the Paris Hilton was the Dr. J to Kim Kardashian's Michael Jordan. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Trash bags. No, 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 no. It was like Paris Hilton was was Paris Hilton was the Wally Pip. To, oh. Ooh. Like, Wally Pip was the shit. People forget that. He was the shit. Yeah. And he got 
And then Luke Gehrig took over, and it was a wrap after that. Same thing. Paris Hilton was the shit, but then just like just so happens, Kim Kardashian was better yeah. at, being, at that Kim, field. Yeah, and Kim will probably have a disease written out, you know, named after her, right? Yeah. At some point. So that's that's possible. <laughs> uh, Ready. Uh, so nobody wants to pick up the sisters from the airport. They're all avoiding it, which means the Wayans brothers are going to get it uh, because they want to get in on this case. They want to be more involved, especially after their uh, fuck up at the bodega. Uh, I then put a note. I just noticed Marlon Wayans is wearing two hoop earrings. Yes, he is. That was alarming. Yes. Because that's just no- not something you see anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, you see it one place uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. You do, you go to yeah. Charlotte. Hornets game, you'll see a very well, not, large black man with large jeans on. Oh, he's not going to be around? No, I don't think he's going to be around this year for more than maybe a, a Terry Rozier game or two. Uh, we get introduced to Ted Burton, way, who's the assumed yeah. kidnapper. And what I say here is, why is Ted a nickname for Edward? Yeah, so this is my thing about Hal versus Al. So Al is short for Albert. There is no Halbert, right? Uh, Edward is or ed is short for edward there is no ted word i know there's a theodore but now we're getting rid of an h i don't get that i think ted well, no, I, get te- a- I get i get theodore turning into ted because we just basically got rid of like a lot of the gunk in the middle there's a lot of letters in theodore for no reason ted i could do that one but edward why are we adding a letter here no we're adding a letter that does not already exist in edward why are we doing that that's a good question i mean maybe edward maybe it was edward theodore Burton, and he just went by Ted. No, but then I'm, I'm not saying for this character. I, I've seen it before where people who are named Edward have a nickname Ted, and I just okay. don't get it. Yeah, I don't I don't understand that either. Uh, but the Wayans brothers are are stuck with babysitting the sisters. Um, there is a moment where Sean, Sean Wayans says uh, he wants to be on the streets. He doesn't want to be babysitting these women. And, uh, and Marlon Wayans calls him uh, – he says uh, something like, Black calm Chan. down, Blackie Chan. <laughs> Yeah, you'll get your chance, Blackie Jan. Yeah, yeah, I, I giggled I, at that. These, but these are these are like the little lines that they put in there that are, you know, if, again, if you've watched any any Wayans vehicle, they will often refer to people with, you know, uh, with with some sort of adjustment to a popular person. Like, right. I mean, in answer in answer to your question about the the Ted. Edward situation, it's because so many people were named Edward in the Middle Ages that they tried to distinguish them. So they came up with a different type of nickname. So Ted and Ned are short for Edward. Oh, what a, Ned, lar- Ned. What a largely unsatisfying answer, though, right? I mix, but I like that. I like the idea that they just like, what shall we name him? Edward, not another one. Damn it, how are we going to tell him apart? Everybody <laughs> was either Richard, William, or Edward. It was like, <laughs> oh, I'll call, call this one Ted. For sure. The number of people who died, like, in the name of Christ, you'd figure there would be a couple more Jesuses, Peters, and Pauls. But, you know, hey, that's just me. That's just me. That's me wondering about the Middle Ages. Um, No wonder you guys were living in caves, eating with your hands and stuff. Um, You guys? Hey, well, look, I ain't from there. (laughs) All right. Uh, We, uh... We then find out that Marlon Wayans is lactose intolerant, and I wrote the note. I wonder if this information will come back later in the movie. Yeah, Chekhov's lactose intolerance. That's what I wrote. I oh, put in the note at this point. I said, okay, so the movie starts a little slow. <laughs> <laughs> this is the point where I put in that note. I was like, all right. Uh, sis- the sisters get off the plane. When the Wayans brothers try to introduce themselves, one of the sisters interrupts and says, we already gave to the United Negro Fund. Again, show me 
Uh, was it? That's a funny yes. one. Yes. Rich okay. white people disdainful of black people who seem to be hovering in their in their like, uh, what are they doing here? Uh, then the girls assume that the guys are chauffeurs. The dog gets its own seat up front, which means Marlon is stuck in the back with the luggage. And you guessed it, I mean, we get our first of multiple face pressed up against the glass joke with Marlon Wayans because he can contort his face so well. <laughs> love it. You love that. I mean, this is back to spies it's, like us with the G4. Yeah, I just like, it's a funny, like, again, it's not the first time I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it in the, in the Wayans Brothers where he's courting this girl and then he gets on the other side of the window and, and presses his face and like, look, I'm Scotty Pippen. <laughs> like, see that's funny that's, I just, funny. that's what I thought of when I said because okay. I've seen it seen it before all right uh so now uh it's Labor Day weekend in the Hamptons we find out that they're trying to get on the uh, on the cover of Hamptons magazine and then we have a little bit of a of a snafu the dog tries to climb up on the dashboard everybody freaks out the dog falls out of the side window uh Sean Wayne's grabs the leash as he's driving he's I put he's really struggling to pull in a six pound dog. Uh, he gets the dog in, he drives off the road, airbag uh, deploys and hits the dog, knocks him to the back. And, of course, Marlon's, uh, Marlon's face is once again pressed up against the window. Do so it one really, more time. So they really hit it, like, within three minutes of each other? Four minutes, maybe? Yeah, Between maybe that joke, they they're like, we got to have another one of those. Maybe they went back to the to well a little bit too often. Uh, the damage from the from the car accident, uh, one of the girls has a cut on her lip. The other one has a cut on her nose. They say they can't show themselves in the Hamptons because they're trying to get on that uh, the cover of Hamptons magazine again. they got to be perfect. The girls threaten to call the owner of the FBI and to have a bitch fit. That's a quote. A BF. Uh, actually, it's a called BF, a BF. Right, a BF, which is What's a bitch a fit. Yeah. Uh, she's going to write a letter of complaint. <laughs> a letter, yeah. Yeah, and so that's like – that's kind of a – an, an original like I need to speak to a manager type of thing. I, I enjoyed that trope. I didn't think they were yeah. executed all that well, but I, I appreciated it. Um, and then uh, and so then Sean tries to get them to stay in the room all weekend so that the girls won't go to the Hamptons. Um, they're uh, the guys are worried that they're going to lose their jobs over this. And then Sean Wayans has the idea they'll go undercover as the two. They bring in a disguise team, and no one at the FBI has any idea because the disguises are so well done. I mean. Uh, we get a montage of them putting uh, the work together, um, in which I wrote the note. I wonder if these girls were cast because they looked the most like Sean and Marlon out of everybody else in the casting call. Okay, so first, yes. I've thought that many a time. Like, I look at them, I'm like, they don't look like them. Like, I would never confuse yeah. them. But, but if you were going to have to find somebody. Yes, like, they couldn't do Busy Phillips. Like, that's for sure, right? <laughs> right. Um, but the great thing about this scene is, first of all, I say uh, there's the line in here, if I lose this job with these good benefits. And let me tell you, every black person who's ever been employed somewhere with benefits has had that thought go through their mind when their employment has been jeopardized. If I lose this job with these good benefits, <laughs> think about it all the time myself. I work at the Walt Disney Company, we get pretty good benefits. I always think about Man, if I lose this job with these good benefits. Uh, the other thing was, I don't know if you noticed, in Montage where they are prepping them and doing all this stuff, it starts with a clip from the Mel Brooks cinematic classic, Blazing Saddles. It says, where the white women at? Yep. Starts with that. That is the, that is the direct quote from Cleavon Little in, uh, 
in Blazing Saddles that they just ripped the sound and put in there. So fun, fun, I, fact, fun fact, I once wa- walked into a Vegas uh, bar at the Hard Rock Hotel to meet up with Jade and a, and a, and a bunch of everybody. And when I walked up to the group, I did yell, where are the white women at? And Jade spit a beer into Justin Barrier's face. Made him do a spit take. So Blazing uh, Saddles. Not really, a, not really a fun fact, but I did enjoy the, the tip of the hat to one sure. of the greatest movies of all time. Uh, unless you ask Tony Medley, who did not like Blazing Saddles, apparently. No, he didn't like Blazing Saddles? He said it should have been Richard Pryor. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's so, right. Like, imagine how good it could have been. It's like, well, that's a great yeah. movie, so it's... It, it's That's already right. good. Um, all right, so we get the montage. Uh, and also the song is, the song that's playing, which I've never heard before, but it, chronicling someone who is after a certain uh, lady, and then everything was good until she started dancing, and then she, quote, shook it like a white girl. And that apparently ruined the mood in the song. And so I, I just thought that was hilarious. A little layer to that. Uh, we find out that it, they're not going to use prosthetic bodysuits. Instead, they're getting spray-painted with white body paint. Um, and then I wrote, these two look like nightmares. It's extremely unsettling. I don't like this. Are you fat guy at the movie theater? I'm not that- fat guy at the movie theater. Because that's exactly what he said, right? Isn't I know, it? but this, these are the notes I wrote. Okay. Well, all right. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, I wrote, and then we, we find out uh, the, the FBI is going to guard... Uh, the fake Wilson sisters, not knowing that it's the fake Wilson sisters, so they must these must be great matches. So then I wrote, uh, so does this mean all white women look alike? Because there is the you know the there's always the oh all black people look the same, all oh, all white people look the same, all Asian like that seems to be a a racial you know stereotype from race to race, right? So then I wondered like, is this just what they all look like to to the Wayans brothers? Yeah, and the plastic <laughs> surgery element has to play a part. Like white women get plastic surgery, right? Which rich white women get plastic surgery, and they yeah. talk about it when they they see their yeah. friends. Yeah, that's true. Um, I did I did sort of enjoy Marlon Wayans not being able to execute the hair flip. Thought that was uh, a little hair gets hair all gets stuck, stuck in his mouth. Yeah, yeah. And then so as they're walking into the to the hotel, uh, I wrote country club guy whistles at Marlon's or at Marlon, and he doesn't disguise his voice at all. Says, "Hold my poodle." Uh, by the way, the dog isn't a poodle. And it's then, a Pomeranian. Uh, well, actually, it's a Pomeranian. Like, see, no, I, I thought that. Was... I thought no, but I thought that was actually funny. And it's just yeah. like, all right, hold my poodle, right? Like, that's a the fact that you wouldn't know what kind of dog you have. I thought that was a humorous slant on it. Okay. So wow, it means man, it means really on edge with He's this testy. thing. He's testy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sean gets him to calm down, and then freaks out on another guy who then tries to leer at, at the two of them. Leers at them by saying. I'd like to cut that cake. Right. Which, <laughs> That's an uncomfortable <laughs> thing to say. I, I want to use that line so badly now. <laughs> Especially if there's some cake right there. Like, no, I'd like to cut that cake right there. <laughs> Rich chocolate. All right. Agent, uh, Agent Gomez is dressed as a bellhop. He greets them. Marlon gives the dog and says, clean out the bag. And then says, teach him to say, yo, Kiro Taco Bell. No, they calls him every every name other than Gomez. Right. Again, because he's trying to demonstrate the dismissiveness of the white white yes. socialite towards the, the working right. class. 
they're struggling to walk in heels as they walk up to the desk at the hotel. Agent Harper is in disguise as the desk person at the hotel, uh, asks for ID and a credit card, and then that's when Sean freaks out and channels the inner BF. He's going to throw, he's going to have a BF, and he says, what's a BF? And he says, it's a bitch fit. And basically mimics what the girls did to him earlier, yeah. except he starts at the line, when he starts writing the letter, he starts at the line, I am a white woman in America, and I fucking lost it. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that line, man. That's a good line. Um... Uh, so then Sean and Marlon, as they're trying to make their way to the hotel, oh, the, the captain, the chief comes in. He's also in disguise as someone working for the for the hotel. Um, chief comes in, says, "What are you doing? Upgrade them, you know, get them, get them their room keys, whatever." So now they're all set. They start walking. Oh, and in this moment, Sean hits on the chief and says, uh, "says he's a he's a he's like he's like Denzel Washington." Look, ever, anyone ever told you you look like Denzel Washington? And he says, yeah. "Well, actually, I have heard that once or twice." Lion ass chief. And then uh, he calls him like a chocolate man or something like yeah, that. He's a big chocolate man. Yes. Yeah, he's a big chocolate man. Right. Uh, Sean and Marlon. Then, as they go to their or trying to make their way to the room, they run into three women they're supposed to know. Busy Phillips, one of the women. Uh, I know. I, Busy Phillips first roll? Question mark. <laughs> I wrote these disguises are just the worst, and they ask what changed about her, and she said, "They says uh, the collagen." He says, "You went from Cameron Diaz to Jay Z for the lips," which uh, some racial undertones uh, there. Again, I laughed. Okay. I laughed. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Um, everyone is noticing how tall the Wilson sisters are now. Uh, they say something about. They got their knees worked on. Is that what yeah, they no, said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys look taller. Like, yeah, we got our knees done. And then the short one says, you can do that? You can do that? And the other ones say, oh, you should totally do that. Because, of course, in the world of rich socialites, there is no plastic surgery that cannot be done. Right. Which, anything, again, anything get fixed. would Social explain, would, and also would explain, as Mays pointed out, explain why they did not, or did not recognize a difference or were not thrown off by how different they looked from the actual Wilson sisters. A uh, couple of quick notes here. Um, wrote, God, I'm glad Burberry went away because one of those girls was dressed head to toe yeah. Burberry with the Burberry. Like, man, that was, that was, a, that was an ugly that time. Was a real in our, thing. In our lifetime, yeah. Uh, again, if you're young, go out, search Burberry. Now, look at that pattern and imagine it on every fucking thing. <laughs> Polo shirts and ties and jackets and pants and purses and shoes and socks and whatever. They had that pattern on everything. The other thing I wrote was, I saw Busy Phillips and her husband at some bar in Hollywood recently. Oh, okay. Actually stuck up a conversation with the husband. Busy Phillips did not pay attention to me whatsoever. <laughs> if so. only you could have said, like, hey, I watched your first role in no, White said, Chick. Yeah. I, I mean, she was White busy. Chick. I mean, she was busy. Oh, uh, you like to fill it up, don't you? Boy. All right. Uh, the rival sisters have White been spotted. Soon. The rival sisters have been spotted and approached them. There's a shit talking contest that just reads. Oh. It just turns into oh. one of those old snap books. Oh, but hold on, man! Like the part where, like you know, where they snap back something about your mother stopped at sex, and then they start walking around. Oh, you want to talk about mothers? Oh, it's mother time! You didn't laugh at that, man. Like just I, not that the mama jokes that came after, which were of course the just regular standard. Right. Mama jokes, but just the oh, you want like the 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 full look up off into the distance, 
Like, like hand to the mouth. Like. Oh, my God, you want to talk about mothers? Oh, it's mother time. When they said that, again, I laughed. I laughed okay. very hard. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, and um, then the, the part where she doesn't have a comeback and says, um, your mama, um, Megan, you go. <laughs> <laughs> your, your mama's so dumb. She went to uh, the, the country club, uh, the cafe, and wanted to order a Niswa salad, but she said a Nikoi salad. And it turns around okay, trying get to a, a Nikoi salad. <laughs> oh my god! I, you know I'm I'm a fan of like those kind of jokes that that bomb. I uh, like them. Uh, Marlon does a, a powder joke and blows powder out of his hand. I wrote, "Where did that powder come from?" Always prepared. Always prepared. Uh, the rival sisters are no match for the Wayne's brothers. Marlon, uh, I wrote, Marlon smiling in his makeup is is very haunting. Yes, and uh, I think it's when they try to smile. That's when it's the worst. We we are injured. No, no, because they're when Sean in this moment we're introduced to a reporter, oh, Denise, yeah, Denise Porter, Porter. Yeah. from New York One, which I put in between parentheses. That's the best they could do. Um, but Denise Porter is at this event, this function, uh, covering very, uh, I guess, a puff piece for New York One. And I wrote, "Haha, Denise Porter, kind of looks like Taylor Rooks." Oh, just a little bit, just yeah. a little bit. Like I, I, I would. I would not be a white chicks character and confuse the two for each other, but there is a, a semblance there. I can see that. Yeah, I think that's but, I think that's fair. But in the scene where introducer Sean, forgetting that he is in drag, right, approaches her and has the look of like, mm, "Girl, you look good," or whatever. But in that makeup, that is way more haunting than when it's, they smile. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's, that's pretty it bad. Is terrifying. Yeah, that bad. I was terrified. Um. We also get uh, another another Agent Gomez joke as he is now dressed as like a caterer walking Paco. around with a tray, and she calls him Wolfgang Paco. Yes, Wolfgang Paco. Great. Uh, Marlon. He eats a bunch of these hors d'oeuvres. At yeah. one point, one of the girls tells him to slow down on the cheese, and he discovers that there is dairy in this product, and then has to rush to the restroom. But and as this, all white women do, they go to the bathroom yeah. together. Yes. And so when he walks into the bathroom, there's a woman walking out, and he knocks her out the way and says in his own speaking voice, move, bitch. <laughs> and I put, again, I laughed because it's just that little line. So I didn't laugh at that one, but I did laugh at one later on when he's on the date. Okay, and I can't, well, re I can't repeat the line, but we'll get to oh, it. Oh, yeah, yes. I, I, know, I know exactly. I have yeah. the line. <laughs> I will. Don't worry. It's ready. It's ready. And, and I will, will let you deliver that line. Um, but I then put this note. Have either of you either taken a loud dump in a public restroom or witnessed a loud dump being taken in a public both. restroom? Both. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Tell, tell, tell your story. Uh, well, I've done both. Like I've heard, I've heard someone really struggle through one before, and I've and I've struggled one through before. But like I, I get to a point where I just don't care. Like there's there is an initial like, oh man, I can't believe they're gonna hear this, and then at a certain point, I realize. Everyone does this. Why am I worried about it? And I just let it fly. Well, see, I, it happened to me at the ESPN LAPC one, like mm. on that a fourth floor where the studios are and people are coming in and, and crew people, people I work with basically that I will have to see eye to eye. And so I'll get in there. You know, I'm, I'm really I don't like public restrooms. So I got to put down yeah, the I don't either. Yeah. do a little thing and, and kind of like, you know, get myself situated. And right as I sit down, I hear the door open and I'm like, oh, God. So then I try to like quietly take a shit, which really doesn't work well. All it does is kind of like keep pinching the shit. Right. But here's the funny part. 
at some point in my efforts, it won't actually be shit. It'll be a really loud fart that it just right. come out. Like it has that echo that reverberates around the inside of the bowl, and everybody. And I'm just like, well, <laughs> I guess the charade is over. Yeah, at that point, there's no turning back, right? And yeah, you can't silently do that. You can silently pee. You can't silently do that. That <laughs> like I can't make noise. It sounds like a potato gun. Yes, yes, it does. Yeah. Um, uh, so we get we get a couple minutes also, of of also, him just shitting. Means not wit- done talking about taking shits. <laughs> Because I've witnessed a loud shit being taken, and it having like one of the nastiest bath. It was like the bathroom of a club, and I was just oh, like, "Oh, that's not good." Come on, man! Like, come on! Like at that point, you just gotta leave. You can't. Um, I don't. Well, I mean, sometimes you don't have the time. My cousin once took a shit in a club bathroom that did not have a door on the stall. No. <laughs> just like, no. Gosh, you, that's nah, a point where you gotta. You can't do that. He, Claims it was early in the night where the traffic wasn't that no, high in the bathroom. No, no, no. Just... Absolutely not. <laughs> could you do oh, it? Could, could you do I it could... without a door? I, I'm re- honestly, I'm really good. I rarely, rarely, rarely ever take dumps in public. My, yeah. I, my body is trained either at home or if I'm staying in a hotel in my hotel room. I can probably count a handful of times the number of times I've done it, like in a rant, just straight up random place. At work, I feel like because I'm more comfortable and because they keep it very clean in there. Shout out to the custodial crew. Um, I'm comfortable enough to go there. Uh, but like if I'm out like at the mall or whatever, like I, it won't even occur to me you know, or to my body that I need yeah. to take a shit. Um, so it's funny that we spent so much time talking about this because I've like kind of discovered over the years and it's just reinforced whenever I get a, across a scene like this. Bathroom humor just doesn't do it for me in movies or shows. Really? Like, it just doesn't. Like, I think the last time it did it what? for me was, like, Dumb and Dumber. Wait, Austin Powers didn't do it for you? Where Tom um, Arnold is in the bathroom? Yeah, that's, you gotta, that's you a good th- one, but that's a twist yeah, that's on a, it, right? Yeah, that, yeah, but, yeah, that's not just, like, oh, here's some shitting sounds. Like, it's him, like, who does number two work for? Like, there's a little bit more to yeah. it. There's a little but bit more comedy grunting, to it. But he's grunting, like, he's grunting, and it sounds like he's taking Sure, it. yeah, but just the straight up, like, oh, this guy has diarrhea let's make this as loud as possible. Like that just doesn't do it for me. Like I hated it in Brian's face. What movie is battle shits from? Uh, you sunk my battle shit. (laughs) That was uh, Euro trip. Too hot. You're yeah. Too hot. British girls. Yeah. I think that's right. Oh no. Harold and Kumar. Oh, Oh, Harold and Kumar. Yeah, that's right. Hey, Clarissa, do you want to play battle shits? Oh my God. We haven't played that since back at camp. I know, I know, I know. Wait for it. Okay, so we get a, we get a couple minutes of, of bathroom. Yeah, it'll, it lasts a little too long, but yes. Uh, so now we get Terry Crews like, showing up. He's a professional basketball player. Oh yeah. Uh, he it's likes so white. Cool. He likes white women. Tony, hand me my boots because I'm about to go skiing. Yep. Uh, he falls for Marlon immediately. Starts hitting on him. Uh, tells him once you go black, you're gonna need a wheelchair. And then at that moment, a girl in a wheelchair rolls up, rolls up and says, "Hi, Terrell." That was <laughs> my favorite like, part of the whole like movie. Pushes her away. That is a legitimately funny part. I laughed my ass off. Yeah, that was and the hardest laugh. I rewound it and then I laughed again. She keeps talking. Yeah. As she's pushed away, I, and it's clearly a voiceover. But again, this is kind of like this is this is where I feel like okay, this is the don't be a menace. Like I'm gonna get you sucker vibes right here. Where we're yeah, like yeah. we're gonna put layers on layers and layers of jokes here, right? Uh, and and lean into the absurdity. You miss one of my my favorite lines though, 
where he says, you know, <laughs> and Tony, his buddy, who's, by the way, they're, they're actual the Wayne's Brothers' best friend. Grew up okay. with them. He's been on the Wayne's Brothers' show. I thought he looked familiar, but I couldn't yeah, place him. He's play, he's been, like, he's played guest roles on the show multiple times playing different characters. That's how you know that's, that's their boy. <laughs> it's not like, hey, so-and-so is back. It's like right. he plays someone else. But anyways, um, uh, Terry Crews' line is something along the lines of, Oh, looks looks like Santa is making his list early this year. Let's see, are you a naughty or nice list? And then you know Marlon Wayne tells him to basically go away, and Terry Crews says, "I'll take that as naughty." And Tony, his assistant, writes it down, "Naughty" <laughs> with an exclamation point. I just fucking thought that was funny. And then so then the the interaction ends where he's just persistent and still kind of trying to hit on Marlon, and Marlon finally turns around and sprays him with mace in the eyes, rather liberally. And so he's blinking and he's in pain as Marlon escapes, and this is one of the classic lines, like lines that live greater than this movie, lines that I've used in real-life situations, particularly ones that are as absurd as that one, where he says, oh, she don't know it yet, but that's why he right there. That's a great fucking line. I guess so. Um, we now get to the five oh, girls. Oh, man. No, man, that's not a great line. No, come uh, on, man. There are like, five you, girls. The five been, like, girls go shopping. Line. You never cut off in a line and, like, get in an argument with someone, and then as they walk away, you're like, she don't know it yet. But that's why you're right But I'm going to marry that girl? No. I'm, I'm, oh, uh, it's, uh, it's fine, man. All right, let's keep this thing going, because I got I got a time constraint. <laughs> Uh, we, so the five girls go shopping. We're introduced to the song "One Thousand uh, Miles" by Vanessa Carlton. First, first of all, they're going to this big charity uh, event. Uh, they're going to be auction auctioning off bachelorettes. They say, "What are you going to wear?" And I thought this was a very like pivotal distinction between men and women for the most part. I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but for the most part, because they say, "Uh." This, meaning what they're wearing right there. And I'm sorry. That's happened to me a lot. Yeah. Where like, oh yeah, I'm like, oh, you mean what I'm wearing right now ain't appropriate enough? And so I, I thought that was that was that was very nuanced. Well take there. But then I wrote in the notes, they get in the car and the whitest song ever. That song is so white that that was the first time I'd ever heard it in that movie. Okay. And, and other than I would go to the movie AMC theaters used to do this. You know how, like, before the previews start, they'll have, like, this is the latest from Vanessa Carlton. And they played, and I'm like, what is this? I've right. never heard this. What radio station does this even come on? But this movie has now made that song bigger than it ever was on its own. Because that is now, like, the... Uh, the scene later with, with Terry Crews, I, obviously. I, is I am... I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this is a cultural gap between the two of us. Because I don't, I don't think, I don't think this movie made that song in any way. People sing this at karaoke now, doing the Terry Crews dance from it, which we'll get to later. Again, it, I'm, I'm going to claim a cultural. Nah, but you want it too. All right, because um, this was a huge song before that movie. Like that I'm was a, saying, it. Blew up even more after that. All right, it's kind well, of like. Like Billy Joel, I don't care what you want, I'm a moment, that's my life. That was a big song, but the show Bosom Buddies using it as their theme song sure. took it to another stratosphere. Yeah, Same I'm going to say that's not what happened here, but we move on. Uh, they fake their way, they're, they're supposed to like sing the lyrics along with them, they fake their way through it. 
the radio station changes. It gets changed to uh, 50 Cent. Um, I can't remember if it's Sean or Marlon, but one of them raps the N-word. They all do. They it's both hilarious. do. Oh, they both do. Right. They both do. And then the other girls are offended. Like, oh, you can't say that word. And then they say what Nobody's I'm, sure, I'm sure has been said in many, uh, let's just say, homogenous ethnic <laughs> environment. Sure. No one's around, so it's okay to sing it. And so then all the girls in the car wholeheartedly sing. No, every single song. lyric. Yeah. Yeah. And when I was I was impressed that Busy Phillips do this song. Like, or did she have to sit and memorize it over like a weekend? Which then that's just a lot of repeating it over and over. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, all right. Was- uh now we get to the, the clothing montage, shopping. Uh, oh, Marlon man. is basically like Marlon can't get into his clothes because they keep saying he's like, oh, this is too tight. And and they're like, no, you don't you never need a bigger size. You just have to suck it in. And and so there's a lot of physical comedy with trying that's, to get him to fit into stuff. The, that's not the funniest part. The funniest part is the other girl who's getting dressed in front of Sean and asks him what he thinks. She puts on this, this skirt and like a little uh, like midriff top or whatever. She, and, and, you know, it's very sensual as she puts it on. Yeah, and, and he's Sean like has checking that, her out. He's got the creepy face again that in the makeup is just terrifying. Yeah. And, like, and says, oh, my God, you're so sexy. And then she goes off. And <laughs> when I tell you, Zach, I sat there and I fucking died. Like, every line she was saying, and she says, hi, I'm Carney Wilson before my gastric bypass surgery. Someone throw Shamu back into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> every time she tries something on else, like she has another one of these lines and Sean at some point says, Oh, you look pretty in that. She says, Oh, you bitch. That's so terrible. I uh, did not laugh. You didn't laugh at <laughs> No, I'm, I didn't think it was I'm, funny. I'm Carney Wilson before the gastric bypass. I will also say, I will also say this, that w- I had seen that scene before is one of the few things I had seen from this movie That's before. And it just didn't hit it for me. Um, and and there's a moment where uh, Marlon, while stuck in clothing, there's a lot of innuendo in the way he's talking to the person helping him because uh, as he's on the phone with his with his wife uh, and it makes it sound like he's having sex. And so now the wife is like heated, like, oh, I now now I can confirm something's up. So that moves and, kind of the plot along a little and, bit. And, and and the friend sitting next to her says, I told you so. Yeah. Very, very, very low, very low voice at the yeah. end of that scene. But I laughed. Um, and this is when I wrote the note. I mean, the last hour of this movie must be amazing, I guess. Because well, I, mean, I had, because I, had, I hadn't had a lot of laughs in this movie. We're com- now we're coming up to the meat of all the funny stuff. All right. Like uh, I thought, I thought like that. Li- those lines in the in the dressing room were pretty funny, but this is where it really ramps up because the ne- the next thing that happens is we see Gomez and uh, and Harper. Harper. Yeah. And now they're staking out the boutique uh, uh, store that these girls are at. And while they're waiting, they play the hypothetical game, which if you know me, I love the hypothetical game. I play the hypothetical game all the time. And my whole thing is, if I say, would you do like the whole, would you live in the state of Ohio for the rest of your life and never be allowed to leave, not set foot outside the state lines for any reason for $100 million? Would you do that, Zach? Uh, no. Okay, what about for $200 million? Yeah. Five, 
five hundred million dollars. Yeah, I mean, you, I can't turn down five hundred million dollars. See that—that's how you play the hypothetical yeah. game. Now, now, inevitably, there will always be someone who says, well, "And first of all, there are versions of the hypothetical game that are a lot more disgusting, like the one the guy did, which is, would you rather was it Rosie O'Donnell or Janet uh, Reno? Janet Reno? Yeah, who would you yeah. rather have sex with? Yeah, yeah. And, and so, what you do is you wait for the answer. And then you criticize the answer. Right. Whatever the answer is, like, oh my God, yeah. disgusting. And then inevitably, the person who has just revealed themselves will always turn, well, what are you going to do? What would you do? And that's when I always end the game, like, <laughs> much like Gomez does. It's just, no, no time. We're on the job because the, the girls have just something to do. <laughs> All right. So the, what happens is Sean gets his purse stolen. Uh, and he just runs after the thief. All, all the girls with Marlon get in the car to chase him. Uh, FBI trailing him, but they don't want to get involved because they have to stay incognito. And uh, I put her. I put the face while running is very unsettling as well. Um, they keep making comments about how fast she is. Wow, did she run track? All this stuff. Sean tackles the thief, gets the bag. Uh, everybody cheers. They drive off. Did I miss anything there? No, that's kind of the crux of that, right? Now that now we're at the party, the girls have been sat at the worst table due to uh, uh, the Wayne's brothers. Um, you know, little, little doing... Miss Def Jam. <laughs> right, Little Miss Def Jam. Yeah, again, uh, great. <laughs> uh, Busy Phillips goes and talks to the guy she's interested in, who is the boyfriend of uh, one of the rival girls. Um, Marlon puts powder on her face, uh, hilariously, and and never like I don't know rubs it in or whatever, never, never spreads it across. So it just looks like she's done a bunch of cocaine. Um, party is an, is a date auction. One of the rival sisters gets a record $20,000 donation to date, to go on a date with her. And then Sean goes up there, or I'm sorry, Marlon goes up there and Terry Cruz wants to get involved and wants to buy a date with her. And Sean tricks everybody into a bidding war. And, uh, we end up getting Terry Cruz winning the bid for $50,000 and he carries Marlon off cash. Fifty thousand dollars cash, right? And then um, he said, at, at which point he does a little dance after he wins the auction. I don't know. <laughs> right. I just, I like everything Terry Crews does is funny to me. I don't know. I do like Terry Crews. I love Terry Crews on Brooklyn Nine Nine. I think he's hilarious. Um, all right, Sean and Marlon now in their normal appearance in the hotel room. The other girls try to crash it for a slumber party, and they delay them enough to put on the stuff. But it's. A, Look, I, you can suspend belief a little bit, but they had to spray their entire bodies with white paint and get the mask right and everything just by themselves. How long would that have taken? How long of a wait is that? Oh, come on, man. Am I looking too much into this? Yes, you are. All right. We're, All right, fine. Moving along. Uh, kidnappers come in and try to take one of the sisters. Uh, Sean takes them down, but it turns out these aren't kidnappers. They're just strippers. Uh, now we go to the beach. Uh, I wrote, the movie is only half over. Uh, Terry Crews shows up to quote unquote go hunting. Uh, Sean starts snooping around and gets out of his disguise to go hit on the reporter who he notices at a bar. He's wearing a suit at the beach, trying to look rich and famous. Um, and he sets up a date by pretending pretend to be Latrell Spencer, which is uh, Terry Crews's character. Right. I put in the note. This is pre the internet lookup days, right? Right, exactly. You couldn't have just easily Googled that. Yeah, and 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 so the two he he he. he Pays two little kids to come up to him while he's talking to her and say, yo, Latrell Spencer, you're my favorite. Can I get your autograph? And he says, stay in school and all that. And I, I wrote in the note, by the way, this absolutely works. Not the paying part. I've never paid anyone. Right. But I have had the 
inadvertently, the I'm just at a bar minding my business. Somebody comes up and says, Whoa, no, 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 can I take a picture? I'm like, sure. And then as they leave, the attractive young lady is like, Whoa, what do you do? And I'm just like, Oh, yes. <laughs> that, that's when I realized, because at first, when you're famous, you start to think, or whatever version of fame I have. Right. The first thing you you're think is like, Oh, but don't. The only people who know me are dudes, and this doesn't really help at all. But I realize if it's the right kind of dude, mm-hmm. meaning go in, take a picture, fawn over you a little bit, and then be gone in the right setting with the right attention. type of – oh, it gets attention, man. My version of this is I go to uh, I go to the Faded Comedy Show every Friday night, and the few times I've taken dates there um, – Inevitably, almost every time I've taken a date there, someone who's a listener of the pod or reads my stuff or whatever, because these worlds kind of inter- intersect, uh, will come up after the show and like introduce themselves, uh, talk about what big fans they are, all this stuff. And then th- when that person walks away, uh, there is always a change in the mood of the girl. Yeah, the like, like it, it you, really is. It really it now, like kind of validates like, oh, you do actually do this. Well, no, when they ask you, see, when my favorite thing is when they ask, I always downplay it. Yeah, it's just a thing. It's right. like, oh no, it's like, I'm sorry, I don't know who you are because I, I don't watch ESPN or whatever. Like, I'm like, look, even if you did watch ESPN, you probably wouldn't know who I was. I, I do that all the time yeah, yeah, yeah. because then every additional asshole who comes up to me asking for a picture, it further punctuates, like, oh no, he's humble too. Like, <laughs> it's a great gambit, I'm telling you. I'm going to start paying people. I, if you're out there and you recognize me, that you wouldn't take a picture otherwise, I will pay you. All right. Uh, Marlon's girl has been tipped off that they're in the Hamptons. They're ready to, she's ready to go bust them. Marlon's going to go on a date with Terry, who he calls Buffy the white girl slayer. I did chuckle at that. Great line. Uh, Sean is going to go on the date with the reporter. Um, this is the iconic scene, I guess, where Vanessa Carlton comes on in the car with Marlon and Terry Crews. And Terry Crews not only isn't shamed by it, he loves it. He knows it. He sings along and kills the entire performance. Well, see, like, this is what I say. Like, because... He picks her. He picks Marlon up in the in the convertible. Marlon walks up, gets in the car, and you know Terry Crews tries to like make a move, and the dog bites him, and he's like, "Oh, good dog" or whatever. And so Marlon is trying to basically ruin the mood. He's forced to go on this date because Sean is going out on a date with Denise Porter, but Sean is going to obviously try to commandeer Latrell's life, basically his house, his car, everything. So he needs Latrell Spencer to be preoccupied while he's out on this date. By the way, this is almost shot for shot, exactly what happens in some like that. Yeah. Down to the unwanted advances of someone who's com- completely a buffoon. Um, but Mar- Marlon's whole thing is like, okay, how can I make this date as unappealing as possible? He sounds like, I know. How about we listen to some music? Puts in the CD, plays a Vanessa Carlton song with a kind of checkmate look on his face, thinking. Here's this big black dude who's an NBA player. There's no way he's going to, like, jam. He's going to think, what are we listening to? He's going to be like Amin in the movie theater listening to the song. Like, what the fuck is this song that they keep playing at the AMC before the movie starts? And instead, he is so in his bag when this song plays. Hey, how about we listen to a little bit of music? you know i love this song making my way downtown walking fast places pass and i'm homebound and i need you and i miss you and now i want 
If I could fall into the sky Do you think time went past me by? Cause you know I'd walk a thousand miles If I could just sing you tonight You go to karaoke place. If someone picks that song, look around in the crowd. You will see people doing the exact Terry Crews dance motions, pointing to the wrist and said, do you think time would pass me by? All that stuff. It is absolutely was, it was like steroids for Barry Bonds. Okay, I get it. It was a big hit before. Mm-hmm. But that movie made it like a monster mega hit. I, man, I don't know. Maze, like, are you with me on this? Or you with the mean on this? Vanessa Carlton's song came out in 2002. It yeah. was a monster right. hit. This movie came out in 2004. If anything, it gave it a second life. It did not. Life it is not responsible for this song being a hit. This song was it's, a huge hit. It's what people think of now. No one thinks of that song for the sake of the song. They when think I of that think song. of that song, I think about Vanessa Carlton and Michelle Branch being two sides of the same coin and then both having mm. huge hits that same that's what I think about as a white who person. Who the fuck is who the fuck is Michelle Branch? As oh, a white, I'm a bitch. I'm a love that song, right? No. No, that's that's better than Cuz everywhere to me. That one. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that so that was a song from the G Unit mixtape where they said Jaru <laughs> Ja Rule has gone. That's the only reason I know that song. Because Ja Rule has gone back to the studio with his CD player to bring you new old hits like this. And that song plays, you're everywhere to me. And then Ja Rule goes, to me. When I close my eyes. Thank God for Cinephobe really underlining that there are two Americas. If you liked the Ja Rule Duets album, you'll flip when you hear his new album, Ja Rule Duets 2. Ja Rule has gone back in the studio with his CD player to bring you new old hits like this. To me. I say. Yeah. Check it. What would I be without you? That's the only reason I know that song. By the way, so they, they get to the restaurant, they jump out the car. Mar, uh, Sean is the valet because, of co- again, he has to steal the car. Right, he's got to pretend to be. Yeah, so he's telling Marlon, like, just be cool. I need to. Terry Crews jumps up, grabs Marlon on the race, ways, pulls him, <laughs> pulls him away, and says, Oh, no, my brother, you got to get your own. Which, again, I fucking laughed. I lost it when he said that. Just like I lost it when they're ordering, and he says, I'll have the chicken. White meat only. <laughs> I did laugh at that. <laughs> and he's so creepy with every one of these lines, man. Yeah, every single one. He's he's just like the, he is a predator in every he single way. Orders, orders oysters and says, did you know the oysters are an aphrodisiac? Loudly slurps and then apologizes because, sorry, my tongue is a little too uh, too big. And then his tongue is, I, I never knew this until I saw this movie. I haven't known it since. His tongue is literally the size of a whale's tongue. It's fucking humongous, man. It is. Like, it look. It looks like it is the width of like a, a shoe insert. Yes. Like it's huge. Like a, like a prosthetic. Uh, what was it? What do they call it? Um, not prosthetic. Uh, what are they called? 
orthotic. It's yeah, like, like an, orthotic, of- an orthotic insert, right. Meanwhile, um, Sean takes uh, Denise Porter to the house that is clearly not his as he struggles to get in, as he sees the Asian housekeeper lady and kicks he, her out. He, like, <laughs> literally throws her out. <laughs> but the, the main funny thing is when they walk in and she looks up and there's this massive, massive portrait of Terry Crews naked covering his private parts with just like a bear fur. rug or something, right? Yeah, There's some kind of fur, rug. yeah. And she says, who's that? And Sean looks up and says, oh, that big, bald, buff dude, buff dude with the fur? That's my trainer. Um, yeah, I, I put him up on the wall because uh, I want to look like that one day, and it's like motivation. And uh, you ever see Titanic? <laughs> and she, she says, says no. no. He says, yeah, me neither. You want to get some fur? <laughs> Ah, this is a great like he realizes his explanation is so horseshit. Yeah, that he's gotta change the subject. I gotta I gotta abort immediately. (laughs) He just stops and says, You ever seen Titanic? And she says, No. And he said, Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god, how are you not laughing at this movie, man? I laughed a a few lines, but it took a while. I did laugh at that. That's a funny line. The, he's, the, he goes on date, like trying to find the wine. It's clear he doesn't live there. There's yeah. a dog that shows up. She says, dog "Oh, you got him. I ain't got no dog." And they says, "Oh, that's not a dog. That's family. It's a killing attack dog. It's teeth are bared. It's very angry." And he pretends like he's playing with it, even as it's attacking him. The dog meanwhile, drags him out of the room. <laughs> meanwhile, Marlon's at dinner, ordering like. All types of nasty food, extra garlic, you know, lobster, da da da. Eating mad nasty. He's got food all over his face. He's talking with his mouth full. Shoving French fries in his mouth, all this stuff. Trying to make himself as unappealing as possible. Uh, so, uh, you know, Terry Crews has to make a conversation. Says, uh, "You ever watch any of my games?" And Marlon just rips him to shreds like critiques his game like a dude like oh you're selfish and you're this and that and one of the things he says is oh no well because he starts with you're not that great and terry cruz says wait a second i'm like the highest scoring forward in the league and then he rips off rips apart his entire game and, and one of the things he says is you can't shoot a three-pointer to save your life and i said white chicks was ahead of the curve on stretch bigs and more importantly efficiency that's right, because in 2004, I think, like, basketball on paper had just come out. Right. So the idea that free throws and three-pointers, two areas where Latrell Spencer struggles, are some of the most important parts of the game that you can master, White Chicks knew that before even NBA franchises did. So who who did more for analytics? Was it Marlon Wayans or was it Dean Oliver? I'm going to—well, Dean Oliver's book came out first, but much like Vanessa Carlton's song came out in 2002. <laughs> second life I, came from it. Exactly. White Chicks put it on a different pedestal and introduced it to a larger market. We just have to accept those facts. Uh, Marlon says all these facts, and again, expecting to offend and perhaps even anger Terry Crews to the point of ending the date. Instead, he breaks down in tears, says no one has ever cared like that before. Yeah, tries to kiss him, and then we get about two minutes of fart humor. Well, Marlon farts again in an effort to reward this man off. And instead, Terry Crews is delighted and saying, like, oh, man, you, you, you should have said something earlier. And then he starts farting and tells Marlon to bask in the ambiance. And this so that, point, and this, well, at this point, I, w- I just want to get to this line before we got to cut this off and, and do the recording because I do think it's hilarious. Um, 
at this point, he calls on a payphone to to Sean Wayne and says, like, yo, you got to bring the car. Like, wait, like hold on. By the way, club. to the younger listeners, payphones were these phones. You go to restaurants <laughs> and everywhere. You put a coin in, and then you could make a call for about five minutes. Right. Uh, and you have to know people's numbers off the top of your head. Yeah, you was just saved in a phone for you. Uh, but, yeah, it calls. It's like, yo, you got to get the car here. You know, like, it's time to go. We're all going to the club, blah, blah, blah. And and Sean's like, I need more time. He goes, no, no, there's no more time. It's like, all right, all right, fine. And so then Terry Crews off off screen says like something like, come on, let's go. And then I will let you deliver the, the line that is said in Marlon Wayne's real voice, not the white voice he's doing. Actually, what what Terry Crews says is, oh, cottontail. Oh, cottontail. <laughs> Every line he delivers is fucking gold. But <laughs> Marlon says in his own speaking voice, I'm coming, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I legitimately laughed at that. The same way he's like, move, bitch, in the bathroom. Yeah, like, it, it's, it's just, it's, it, that's a that's a great comedic so moment. All right, I mean, let's get everybody to the club now. Everyone goes to the club. We've got ecstasy flowing. Um, the oh. uh, One of the friends of the of the the boyfriend, the friend of the boyfriend who's like a druggie, yeah. uh, I guess mentions to uh, to Terry Crews to, to throw some ecstasy in there. Right into one right. of the drinks, and so he does it because he, obviously Marlon is not reciprocating the advances, and yes, and Terry Crews is a little like because he asks him, "How's it going?" He's like, not so great. He's kind of acting cold. So hey, just put one of these in a the drink, and da da da, like in true scumbag fashion, and so very problematic. Oh, well, I mean, it's not because he gets comeuppance, right? The whole idea is well, I guess that's true. Spoiler alert. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and so when he brings the drinks back, he brings apple teenies to to Marlon. Uh, Marlon notices the drugs. Obviously, he's an FBI agent, so he's going to notice the drugs. Swaps the the drinks with Terry. Wait, wait. How does he how does he create the diversion in order to swap the drinks? Right? Oh God, what does he say? He says, uh, "Oh my God, is that Britney Spears?" All right. <laughs> and at which Terry Crews goes where and really like legitimately starts like scanning around yeah. in a very sharp twitchy motion. Like he has the. When he says where and starts looking, like this is a man who's hunted Britney Spears all his life. And like the, the white whale has finally come in. And, Literally. Yes. <laughs> oh, um, it was so great. Yeah, so he distracts, so he swaps. Now Terry is going to be all over, uh, or is going to be full of ecstasy. Um, and also Sean has figured out, uh, Sean Waynes has, has figured out the uh, that Ted Burton, our, our kidnapping motive right uh he's figured out the motive for ted burton and doesn't believe it to be him right is yeah, that a well, kind of underlying layer well yeah so he's been researching ted burton and it turns out that ted burton actually got was rich off of the vandal what's the name of the family uh van van der Gulten or something like that right van der, uh, the Vandergelds, right van der Gelt. He, yeah. he actually got rich off of them so he has no motive to be trying to kidnap and ransom people so then who is and while uh one of the girl heather which is busy phillips is busy <laughs> throwing up in the bathroom she mentions that van der Gelt is actually broke broke big so time broke, broke that he had ha- his that he had to borrow money from her dad right. in order just to make their like mortgage for the month or some something like that. Um, the uh, this is where I put a couple of notes here in that the guy who is dating Heather but treating her like a piece of ass, his name is Heath, and I said Heath dates Heather. Do you know of any other people 
where the name their names are very close to each other and they date one another. I do know a Dan that dates a Daniela. Danielle or Daniela? Yeah, Daniela. I, I, I feel like I have the Trump card one because when I saw that, I thought, oh, I'd never see that. And then I thought of the one that I do know, and I said, this is this is the Trump card of all Trump cards. Paul George, the NBA basketball player, his name is Paul George Jr. His father is Paul George Sr. His mom's name is Paulette. <laughs> it's a lot of Paul. It's a lot of Paul. It's a lot of Paul. Um, all right, now that we know but, the motive, we move you, to a... Zach, would you, or I guess Zach is a name that really means. Yeah, what are you like, Zakina? Like, that's not really a. Zakia. Zakia is a, a, a girl's name. Would you find that weird? I think it would be weird to date a woman named Amina, even though, even if she was like stunning and perfect in every way. Right. I think I would still be weirded out by the name. Um. Yeah, like I probably would have to come up with a nickname that everybody calls her, right? Like for that to that for that to be a Zena Zena yeah I would date Zena the Warrior Princess by the, by the way uh, Heath also looks a little like Charlie Widows put that in the oh uh, that's Charlie a good Widow. call that's a good with call DP with the Los Angeles Clippers living this best summer of his life right now but Charlie kind of looks like Heath if if you can Google Charlie Widows W I D D O E S you'll see he looks a lot like Heath. Um, all right, now we get a white girl oh, dance battle. Oh, before that, this is the part where Heather says they're broke. Martha Stewart broke or MC Hammer broke? MC Hammer. <laughs> MC Hammer broke, and I thought that was also delightful. Uh, that is a good joke. Um, all right, white girl dance battle now happens between the two groups of girls. Um, the rival girls, the the Vandergelds, they win. Uh, but what first they, 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 they deliver what seems to be a knockout blow until here come Marlon and Sean. Right. And of course, DJ throws on some, by the way, they were dancing the crazy in love. Which, right. Yeah. Yeah. The, so when the, when the two girl, two groups of girls battle, it was crazy in love. And now yeah. uh, they throw on it's tricky. Yeah. And to which of course they, they start to dance very proficiently. Yes. Again, uh, this, this is a Wayne staple because Marlon's a dancer. So, well, they, so, well, this is what I, well, this is what I put though. They do a great job of hiding the faces of the stunt dancers during the break dancing. But Marlon yes. is a good dancer, but it looked like he didn't do any of it. Yes, he did the part where the, he pretends to be a puppet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's very, the, very yeah, malleable. Yeah, yeah, he he did that part, but yes, the the more complex spins and and floor work, groundwork is all like a stunt double. Yeah, all the while Terry Crews super high on ecstasy goes out to the dance floor, has his shirt off, he's got glow sticks, he's got a whistle, he's doing the robot, he's doing every rave move possible, he's gone full raver. Oh my god! But again, so fluid. <laughs> yeah. He's, oh God. Yeah. He's so great at it. I'm like, geez, this is not your first rave. Where's Latrell? Dance floor. Dancing like a, like what Marlon calls it's a big scary robot like <laughs> just terrifying. 
Um, all yes. right. And then he comes, he gets his comeuppance. Everyone gets their comeuppance because he winds up in bed with, next morning with the, the white guy who told him to drug the drinks. I don't, are they implying that they, that they slept with one another or that they just feels like it's implied, right? Cause they both scream. Yes. I feel like you've, you felt that you had sex if that's the case. Um, all right. Have, now that the, ever happened to you? Have I ever been drugged? No. Have you ever woken up and like in bed with someone? And I'm like, ah, like how did this happen? No. Oh, that's a yes. Maze, back me up. No, no, no. That, I'm, that was way too long of a delay. <laughs> no, I've always like I've always been aware that like I've never had sex and not known I had sex. Hold on, but you, I asked you and you didn't say no. You went no. Nah. <laughs> That says a because I'm difference. because I was trying to I'm racking my brain. I like I would tell oh, you about, like I've had people I regretted sleeping with, but not where I was like woke up and I'm like, oh my god, what have I done? Like I've never had that. Did you have did you have immediate regrets? Um, yeah. If it was like a if it was like a friend that I didn't really want to cross that line with. Have Have you ever had regrets during during? Oh, yeah. yeah, like what am I doing? Like, I mean, I, I mean, I've I've faked multiple times. Oh, just to end it? Just to get it over with. Just to just to be like, all right, I'm not enjoying this. This isn't good. Yeah. I've I got to get uh, out of here. This is even though this is probably better for the pod that you do with Angie Treasure. I'm going to ask you to please reenact a fake orgasm for us for our for our listening benefits. I mean, obviously, you have to be wearing a condom, right? Yeah, like yeah. that is key, and it's just you know you kind of oh, no. you wear it's key. I would no, no, the no, 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 no. It's key. It's harder. I would say it's harder with the condom. Here's to why. To fake? Yes. Absolutely here's, not. So much easier. Why. No, no, no way. No way, because here's why. If you're wearing a condom, there is no reason to pull out. Hence, you have to keep it in there. Hence, how do you uh, present a reasonable facsimile of the, uh, for lack of a better word, throbbing sensation that they also feel? You're going to have to. You're going to have to ask them because they bought it. Oh wow! <laughs> you know, you just kind of work your way into, it and then and then you 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 fake the you fake the coming, and then and then you just get out immediately and go straight to the bathroom. That way, there's no looking like there's nothing. It's still hard. No, no, it's not. <laughs> not it's an optical illusion. <laughs> oh, uh, then you do the Stewie Griffin. Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Look! Look at how much! Oh, there's so, so much. Hard. Oh, yeah. But I've done the. I've, I've probably done that three times in my life. So uh, is there a noise that accompanies? Oh, yeah. You got to fake the moaning and all that shit. The noise. Give me the noise. Oh, oh, it's probably something along the lines of like, like, oh, here it goes. I'm coming. Oh, or, you know, something along those lines. You actually say here it goes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'll say I'm coming. Like, Like, like I'll say like, I'm going to come. Like a train conductor. All aboard. All aboard. Last stop. Last stop, definitely not faking it, Bill. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, You've never faked? Nah, man. Is this not well, a common I, thing? I've, I've, I've stopped. The, I, I've stopped. You once. stopped? I, I, I literally stopped and it said, this ain't working. Wow. It, that's a long and very graphic story that has no place in the middle of this podcast. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you sometime. But I literally just said, I literally stood there, put my hands on my hips like, yeah, I don't think this is going to work. You went double teapot? Yeah. Double teapot? Just like, this isn't going to happen. <laughs> this ain't happening. <laughs> 
right. I never thought I'd reach that, that stage, but like when it happens to you, it's one of those things. Like when it happens to you, you know. Yeah. You know. You know That's this. why I faked it because I was just like, this is like I know I'm not. There's no point. There's no point of return at this point, right? Like I was just like, this is not doing it. I'm not enjoying it. Like it's not good. Was she enjoying it? I gotta get up. Uh, I I honestly don't know. I was so I was so trying to figure out why is this so bad that I I wasn't really paying attention. I was like, I just gotta get out. Sometimes the chemistry ain't there. Uh, Even though not there. Sometimes the rhythm's not there. Hollywood would have you believe that like all it takes is friction, but no, no, that's not true. So yeah, white chicks. All right, now the actual Wilson sisters see that they're on they're on page six in the Hamptons. They want to dance, uh, dance battle everything. They celebrate it before realizing they weren't there, and now they think they've been cloned. That's their, that's their. Oh, uh, oh their God, we've been cloned. Yeah, they're, that was you know, that the was joke is that they're not they're not smart because they're blonde and they're rich. They're right. Uh, yeah, but that was just a that's not such a bad joke. Uh, I, I I thought it was I thought it was lazy. Like it yeah. was. Uh, Marlon's girl gets to the Hamptons because she thinks he's been cheating on her, uh, bangs on the door, uh, catches him with a bra and lipstick on. Um, we do the whole, like, searching the hotel, and and he's trying to keep her, you know, get her into a room, keep her out of the bathroom, you know, as as Sean, in full makeup, uh, full full disguise, is trying to escape her. He finally escapes out of the hotel room, but her friend catches him, and now we've got some questions. Yeah, and 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 it seems now that that Marlon is into some really, oh, you're just sleeping with this ugly white girl. I was like, no, no, you don't understand, baby. I'm not cheating on you. He's a man. Right. And then that just makes him, of course, look even weirder. Yeah. Uh, because of 2005 or whenever this movie came out. Now the uh, the actual Wilson sisters end up at the hotel. The agents catch them. They uh, thinking that it's uh, that it's the the Wayans brothers. Um, oh, yeah. the chief wants to have a word with them. Um, let me see. Uh, yeah, that's when they, they try to expose them. Yeah, try to expose the, them and the, like, try the to old pull the wig Austin off. Powers. Why won't this wig come off? Right, they rip, a man, down, baby. Yeah. rip down the pants and review yeah. that there is no penis, all that stuff. Uh, and so, uh, there's also the part where they rip off the shirt and then they're impressed by the, the breasts, and the girls take it as a compliment, like, yeah, right? Yeah. Exactly, because that's exactly how that would work. Uh, yeah. Chief, uh, the chief is now onto them, uh, onto the onto the Wayans brothers. Fires them. Marlon is mad at Sean. We've got real friction here. Yeah. Uh, we we get revealed that the dad of the of the of the girls of the um, the Vandergelds, right, uh, and the boyfriend have been in on this kidnapping the whole time. Uh, I wrote the I wrote the note here. I'm not sure entirely sure what the plot is at this point, but there are 15 minutes left. Yeah. yeah, this this is the part where they just need to end the movie, and they're not quite sure how. So they yeah. have everyone they're trying to land show the plane. up to a uh, to a fashion show where yeah. the twins have now been or the sisters have been invited to be in the fashion show, but then the real sisters show up. But then the fashion show director just thinks they're wearing different clothes, so he sends them to the dressing room. And so they're doing the fashion show, and Marlon and Sean are coming out, and then the real sisters are coming out. Yeah, and well, Sean, them- Sean and Marlon show up still thinking, we can stop this kidnapping. We know it. We, we just need to get this. We don't need to get back up. We don't, like, we we're, they recruit the fire. Oh, because the, the, two, the two agents who tried to expose them as the... 
as Sean Marlin, they get fired. Everyone gets fired, right? Yeah, now now they're 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 now they're on their side, right? Yeah, so, so now they've they recruited, got... so they got a four-man team uh, trying to uncover all this stuff. Yeah, they, we got the fashion show. Um, everyone is is amazed I'm, by how quickly they change, even though they I look basically like... want to fast-forward to all of this just to get to the part where Terry Crews takes a bullet. That's fine well, with me. Everything that happens next is kind of just like there's a fight scene, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You can watch the movie. But the important <laughs> thing is there's a point where uh, Vandergeld, the father, of course, turns out that he was behind everything because he's broke and he's trying to figure out a way to he's make still money trying whatever. to kidnap the girls yeah. So, yeah so he does the the whole like bad guy speech about what he's about to do whatever and then points a gun at marlin and fires terry cruz comes out of nowhere jumps takes the bullet falls down on the ground shot right and so uh vandergeld is, is arrested everything is going on and so marlin goes to terry cruz says thank you for saving my life pretty much but there's something i need to tell you that and and then he pulls off the mask and pulls off the wig and reveals himself, and Terry Crews of course is shocked and taken aback, and says, "Wait, you mean to tell me that you are not?" And Marlon says, "I'm not a girl. That's right." He says, "You're not white." Oh, the deception, the betrayal! You deceived me, <laughs> and so he's <laughs> so Marlon's trying to like reason with him and he's like he says Negro please didn't someone tell you this was an all white party get this jigaboo away from me <laughs> they should have ended the movie right there oh my god no no they shouldn't because a little bit later he gets up and he's walking out and he's walking out with the real Vandergeld twins or, or no, the, whatever the name of the, the girls are Wilson Wilson, the yeah. real Wilson sisters and one, he's walking out. He's got one under each arm as he's walking out. And and all we we pick up the conversation mid stroll. And one of the girls says, "A wheelchair?" And he says, "Yes, but the feeling will come back. I promise." And then he breaks out to make my way downtown, walking fast, Stacey's fast, and I'm homebound. Back up, Tony. And Tony, his assistant, says, "Go." It was. It was. That's why we needed that last scene for a dismount. I, Worthy. Uh, I promise we didn't. Oh my God! It you didn't think that was—you didn't laugh when she just says a wheelchair. Like, I promise that the, the feeling will come back soon. No, they didn't do anything for it's it. It's a funny callback, but then they go to the song one too many times. You can't oh. just keep going back to the song. No, no, man. You go back to the song, no, man. You got no, to, no. that's beating the dead horse. No, no, it's not. The horse is alive, and it ran. It ran across that finish line. The, that the horse is glue at this point. No, 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 no. It's. It's glue that keeps this movie together. That's what it is. Oh, boy. Um, the chief reinstates all the agents. Sean makes his move on the reporter. By the way, he saved her because he dove in front of a in front of a bullet from the dad. Um, tells her who he really is. He's not some celebrity. He's not some uh, high, high-paid high athlete. I make, make $30,000 30, a year. I was like, wow. After, yeah, after taxes, makes thirty a year, and he lives in New York. How is that possible? Yeah, well, I don't know. Especially, like, FBI agents be more than that. Yeah, they got to make way more than that, right? Line of fire? Like, come on, man. Um, Marlon and his wife make up, uh, recognize he needs to do more from her. That's what he's learned from the the group of women. Um, And then my last last, uh, note is a question of, is this movie uh, woke or is it uh, everything that's a problem? And I honestly don't know. It's a genuine question. It's neither. It's just a movie that's having fun, man. Okay. 
All right, so that's uh, that's that movie. Uh, I have two notes. Uh, one I mentioned earlier, I think, that the, the special effects, um, the makeup effects were made by the guy who did Mrs. Doubtfire in The Mask. Oh, really? Yeah. The Mask, I can see Mrs. Doubtfire and I said, Mrs. Doubtfire looked very authentic. Yeah, it looked very authentic. But then again, Robin Williams kind of looks like an old white woman anyway. Yeah, it didn't take much, and it's, you know, white, white instead of making yeah. black people look white. Like, it's then that's always going to be different. Uh, and then the other note, the Terry Crews uh, Thousand Miles scene, mm-hmm. one take. Wow. In, in the car. That's impressive that he got wow. that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. With the choreography and the words and everything. Yeah. See, I'm one telling take. you, man. That's that. Hey, by the way, I was out with uh, Black Trey this weekend. Uh-huh. Big group of people, multiple ethnicities. We asked them what was, what was the thing that put that song over the top? Everyone said white chicks, man. Everyone yeah, said white don't, chicks. They don't not, like. No, that was a monster hit well before that movie was made. I'm telling you, like that's not a case. That's not the case. Exactly We're doing this exactly. again. That's not the case. Uh, it's a second it. peak. It's okay. It didn't break the song. Higher, higher peak. Uh, second higher peak. I don't think so. All right. Uh, what, what, without further ado, give me the Tony Medley. You don't we know. Have, who we, Tony have, Medley we have a Tony Medley review. Yeah. If you don't know who Tony Medley is, if you, this is for some reason the first episode you ever listened to, there's a guy named Tony Medley who reviews every movie, and he is glorious. And that's all you really need to know because the rest you'll learn when you hear this review. Hit me. Yep. So it gives it a five out of ten. Wow! That's the biggest upset out of anything. Wow! We've ever that he Tony gave us a five out of ten. Yeah. Marcus, okay. aka Marlon Wayans, and Kevin Copeland, Sean Wayans, are inept FBI agents who impersonate two bitchy white debutantes in the Hamptons in order to investigate a kidnapping ring. This is sort of Some Like It Hot, 1959, meets Mean Girls, 2004, introduced by uh, Watermelon Man, 1970. But it isn't as good as any of them, except maybe Watermelon Man. It's not that it doesn't have its moments. It does. There are some very funny sequences, and the Wayans become fairly attractive white women. <laughs> I can't tell who's who, but it's marred first by toilet humor. I've never thought anything that takes place while an actor is sitting on a toilet even the remotest bit funny. Or the remotest bit, remotest bit entertaining. Second, and maybe worse, is the low-class, gross humor in which it indulges. For me, these things outweigh negatively more than the rest of the film is positive. He thinks the Wayans are attractive white women in this movie. Here's the only question I want to ask now. Did Tony Medley yank it to white girls or white chicks? He definitely did it. So, well, not in the initial viewing because he does it with the media, right? He's a critic. So there's no way he's he takes in the his theater. job very yeah. seriously. There's no way he's in the theater. Well, after, after he, after. But after if that thing came put... on FX at some point, TBS at some point, yeah, he absolutely did. Oh, good for you, Tony Medley. Good for him? Hey, man, you find love where you can find love. Sometimes you find it in the palm of your hand. I don't think that's love. All right, verdict. Uh, I mean, over five. Look, okay, so I'm just gonna say this: upon viewing it from start to finish, it's a lot slower than I remember, and it has a lot of yeah, it's long. Down, yeah, it's got a lot of down down patches. But I submit to you, the peaks are so high that I'm going to file. It, it is funny, man. Like those. The, uh, this is actually this is what I'll say. You can probably glean most of the humor, 98% of the funniest parts, just watching clips on YouTube. Having said that, I enjoyed this movie. I'm giving it a file. Maze? Okay, so we talked about Some Like It Hot. We talked about Mrs. Doubtfire, which did a similar premise, and I think both of them did it more believably. The premise of this movie 
pushes my willing suspension of disbelief to its limit. I'm just not buying it. They don't look like white women. It kind I, of ruins they look like, they the movie like for women. me. I can't yeah, get past like it. Human. They look terrible. Yeah. I don't even like it doesn't I don't even care if they do it as well as Mrs. Doubtfire or something like that. Like none of that matters to me. What matters is like I want it to be funny. Terry Crews is a shining star in this movie. He got sure. a career out of it. He's fantastic. In it. I think sure. he's great. It's okay. not enough. The Wayans brothers humor doesn't do it for me. The costumes really don't do it for me. I'm out. Phobe. I can even I can even buy the commentary that like, look, they all look alike. All these white women look alike. That's why that that's the layered joke of these. I feel like you I feel like you're getting caught up in the looks department and how they look. Me? No, I'm 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 addressing what what Maze said. Okay. Um, in that so like I like if I think back on it and I'm trying to be objective and and actually do a a good job of assessing this, like. I can buy a layered joke that it doesn't matter how hideous Sean and Marlon look like there's going to be some faction that believes, Hey, they look like the the sisters. Right. Right. Like, I think, I think that's part of the humor involved or the intended humor involved, I would say. Um, and so like, look, I've been shitting on this movie a lot, right. Throughout this episode and I'm trying to be objective and I'm trying to assess it properly. Uh, But I mean, I would never watch this movie again. I don't even know that I would watch the clips. What? Yeah, it's just not. There's no moment that is funny enough for me to be like, "All right, yeah, I want to see that again." What? It's a, it's a phobe. She don't know it yet, but that's wifey. What? Tony, hand me my boots because I'm about to go skiing. The scene in the car. You gotta watch this. You never want to watch that again. I saw it. I'm impressed oh. that it took one take. That's impressive. You're, you're out of here, man. You 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 you're 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 out of here. Leave your comments if you agree. Fober file bu- in the, the in this ball, Discord or on Twitter. The big bald buff dude with the fur. That's my trainer. I, I, you watch Titanic? <laughs> like, come on, man. Oh my God, yo! Thanks for guys. subscribing to the Patreon. Uh, tell your friends about it. We've got uh, a lot more of these. We've got Snarkoops. We've got. Uh, bomb we've got woke bros we got all that good stuff right we got all the the tv should book we, club and all that should stuff. we do should we do a quick cinephobe at the live show in san francisco we absolutely should so let's figure out let's figure out a scene of a movie oh or what i got, I got one for you yeah because yeah? that's what we did that's what we did in in chicago yeah we, we introduced it before the the yeah. ep- or before the podcast really came out, we hadn't made a podcast at that point, right? Oh, it re- oh, it hadn't dropped yet. Yeah, no, we had. So. Had we? we had dropped. Yeah, we, we had think dropped. we had two. We, that oh, okay. episode had dropped, and we we just took that that portion because it was. Oh, that's we, right. Yeah, we did it. All well right, yeah, and, we'll do that again just... in San Francisco. So October twelfth at the Independent. Uh, tickets. I think we have a couple tickets left. VIP is gone. I there. Check countthedings.com, but I think there might be some tickets left. There might be a couple left, uh, but I, basically, I think we're basically at capacity and sold out. Um, so you may have to get them secondhand through the Discord. If not, and there's still some available, you got to get them now because this show is, if not, it's, if not sold out, it's about to be. Except if you're Tony Medley, Tony Medley, you get Tony in. Tony Medley, open invite. You can come review the show. And just, just, uh, and, and, like but we're going to bring you, we're going to bring you up on stage and, and ask you to explain. Why you wanted to fuck Sean and Marlon Wayans' wife. 
Making my way downtown, walking fast, taking fast and homebound. And I want you, and I miss you, and now I wonder if I could fall into the sky. Do you think time would pass me by? Oh, cause you know I walk a thousand miles. If I could just see you tonight. That song was great two years before. No, it wasn't. 